Anyway, um, <clears throat> is a hymn. This is kind of the hymn that uh, uh, you can spend good morning time with the Lord, just um, to have a good transaction, have a dealing with the Lord. Uh, is very very good. <clears throat> well, uh, this afternoon uh, I understand that we have uh, uh, no later than six o'clock here. We have uh, um, a little short break, and then. Uh, uh, then there will be a send-off time for our brother Andrew uh, at 6.30, so we have to keep our time. And uh, so in the next uh, hour and a half or so, uh, I do have some burden. Uh, i like to uh, fellowship with you, with the uh, young adults, young working saints here in this area. Uh, <clears throat> the brothers here did ask me about uh, possibly uh, some Q&A, some uh, questions and uh, response. Um, so we may... Uh, we may have some time for that, uh, depending on how the fellowship goes. Um, I know in these uh, uh, last number of years, uh, there have been uh, many occasions that uh, uh, we gather the young adults together. Uh, I think as recent as uh, in the uh, I think Memorial Day uh, in Philadelphia, uh, <coughs> we had uh, there was a lot of uh, young adults from. Uh, over all over the country, um, there was a lot of uh, very encouraging fellowship. <clears throat> I don't know um, uh, what have you gotten out of those fellowship, and uh, you know many young adults. I know they they enjoy some word of encouragement, uh, some uh, uh, some helpful fellowship uh, because you know you all are. Kind of in the midst, in the middle of a course uh, of your life, um, you know, going crossing many crossroads. Um, <clears throat> there have been, you know, I think the, there are there have been a bird, uh, birds among uh, uh, co-workers, uh, many senior brothers uh, would like to render fellowship uh, to the young adults, and no doubt uh, there is a need, but. Uh, um, as I was before the Lord considering, um, you know, what to do for this time this uh, afternoon, because kind of uh, uh, the brothers, you know, arranged such a t- such a time here after I, I arrived, and uh, but I do feel um, do have some burden from the Lord uh, to uh, speak something to you, and uh, I hope that uh, the fellowship in this fellowship will be not just something general. Something general as to uh, how to better your Christian life and how to help you to cross some of your your crossroads. Uh, I hope uh, my burden may be, I would say, something more uh, specific, a uh, little bit more specific related to what the Lord is doing in this area. Uh, <clears throat> well. Let me see. Let me ask also, uh, how many of you, um, you are not from here, from this area? How many of you, have actually, you moved here from, uh, whether as trainee, I know a number of you are trainees and or just graduates from training. How many of you, actually, you moved to this area? Okay. I would say probably, yeah, 90% of you. Uh, you are not really local, local. You, you, you came. Uh, you know, a lot from California, actually, uh, many from California, uh, and uh, uh, 
for some reason, I don't want to ask you now why you came here. Um, <clears throat> you know, some because of the training, because we started two years ago, uh, three years ago, and uh, you know, you came to the training, uh, and you stay here. And uh, actually, in these last, uh, probably last uh, <clears throat> five or six years, uh, I don't know Gideon, I don't know you all kept track of uh, the move-ins to this area. I hope you do. Uh, actually, I, I would say probably um, maybe in the order of uh, maybe 150 to 200 in that order in these last five or six years. Uh, some come to school here, some come to work, um, some just move here and then uh, uh, I don't know whether they're, they're looking for a spouse or whatever, you know. So, uh, so some, yeah, there's, uh, and praise the Lord, some did get to pick up a spouse. Uh, the Lord is uh, very gracious and uh, opened up many uh, opportunities here. So in these last uh, five or six years, uh, really Boston has uh, become quite a different place. <coughs> it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an attractive place. Uh, I mean, not, not only the, the, the city itself, but I think now the church life, you know, uh, full of young, younger ones, and it's, uh, you know, younger ones draw younger ones. You know, many just love to come to places like this. Um, you know, as well as uh, I think nowadays uh, Manhattan is also another uh, drawing place. Uh, you know, many young, young, uh, young people like to go to New York. Uh, <clears throat> but I like to uh, put some references here. Um, uh, so for many of you who uh, moved here, uh, you may not. Uh, be as um, clear why there is such a Lord's, uh, the Lord's move in this area, as opposed to so many cities uh, all over the U.S. Why Boston? Why there is such a thrust, such a, uh, uh, a burden in the Lord's heart uh, among the co-workers, um, uh, you know, presenting this burden uh, these number of years and bringing the full-time training here? I feel it's very important uh, for you all to, uh, to see this, uh, to have a clear view about this. And I think this will, this will put a, prop, a proper bearing to your being here. Uh, and my, my feeling is that I hope uh, the ones the Lord brought here that will have a different realization than just those who move to another place. There is a particular, um, uh, uh, you know, interest the Lord has in this area as compared to, you know, so many cities of the U.S. <clears throat> Boston, uh, this greater Boston, this area, I would say is definitely a place of the Lord's interest. And it's also a place of of an intense struggle with the Lord, uh, uh, against, with the enemy. Um, you know, I, I'm glad the few of the older brothers here who are more familiar with the history uh, of this area. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the Lord has brought us to this point. Uh, it's not been easy. Uh, it has gone through a lot of struggle, a lot of uh, striving, a lot of uh, fighting, um, so it is a battlefield, you know. Uh, some of you here, you, you come here, it's, it's wonderful. So many young people, it's a happy place, it's a glorious, 
but uh, there has been a lot of bloodshed. There has been a lot of lives uh, being sacrificed. There has been a place of intense battle. Um, <clears throat> the first migration uh, came to Boston in 1973. Uh, none of us, I was not involved, none of us here uh, except what Ken Mazi was involved uh, in that migration. He was not here. Um, <clears throat> Brother Gerald Chen was involved in that migration. And uh, many came from the West Coast, at that time mostly from the third hall in Los Angeles, in West L.A. And I migrated. I also joined a migration, but not to Boston. I went to Baltimore uh, in Maryland. And uh, um, so... <clears throat> And I would say from 73 to about 77, about four years. Uh, just after a short time, the saints moved here. About 60 saints migrated to this area. The Lord really had a wonderful, wonderful beginning. I mean, there was, uh, I, didn't have to, I don't have the time to get into that. Um, you know, uh, there was, uh, I would say the move, uh, in fact, was even quite prevailing. Uh, many students were... Uh, contacted, were brought in. Uh, there was just MIT was open, and there was a couple of students again at Harvard at that time, uh, and uh, many many schools. It just it's, the impact was felt, not just in Boston, but in in uh, quite an extensive uh, area. This whole area. But <clears throat> you know, I would say the uh, the situation then, um, uh, the, uh, the saints, the church. Uh, was very, uh, very simple, uh, very pure. Uh, I would say that uh, um, compared to what we know today, I mean, the saints then uh, did not have as much as we, we do today. But, you know, because of the simplicity, because of the oneness uh, there was among the saints, uh, the Lord had a prevailing move in this area. Um, so, but... <clears throat> It only lasted for that about four years. And in the time of 77, that's when uh, Brother Lee, after visiting Europe, uh, he came back to the East Coast and sounded a call, uh, especially for the young people along the East Coast to come up to Boston um, to be trained. And he was burdened to carry out the training, uh, even to the extent of committing himself half a year in, in Boston. Uh, to train young people and then have a year in the West Coast. And so he was very serious about this matter. But also, that stirred up the enemy uh, at the same time. And just soon after that announcement, of course, uh, we responded. I was in Washington, D.C. at that time. Paul was also in D.C. Um, at that time. And uh, Bob was in New York. Uh, there were a number of brothers uh, you know, the, we were just all along the East Coast, and uh, but we all really stirred up, was stirred up by the Lord. I believe that was like the Spirit coming to Cyrus, stirring up our spirit. Let's go up, you know. And ju- just in that summer, '77, uh, probably maybe three, four hundred of us uh, from Boston all the way down to Florida, uh, we just moved up to uh, uh, you know to Boston area. And I remember uh, from Brother Benjamin Chen that uh, nearly, because so many moved up from New York, nearly the whole generation, there was a generation gap in the, in the church life in New York, all right? Because so many left, it was just, uh, 
uh, in New York left with just the older ones and the younger ones. And middle, that, 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 that uh, you know, that, that there's one group, one age group, it's just all, le- all left. So it was uh, quite a, quite a, uh, a drastic, drastic uh, uh, move. And uh, so I also came up to this area at that time. And, uh, but I did not quite reach Boston. I only, they, they sent me back to, to Rhode Island instead. So I was, <laughs> anyway, so I, it was the Lord's arrangement. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I say amen. I, only came, I came from Boston, but I ended up with Rhode Island. So I say it's okay with me. The Lord, the Lord just uh, knew what I needed. <clears throat> and that actually turned out to be a great preservation. And uh, so soon after we got here, uh, you know, even a, a land was purchased and getting ready to build a training center, a 14-acre land, not just up the hill from here. Um, and uh, as the land was being prepared, um, that uh, the, the enemy uh, stirred up some ambition of man, uh, the leading one at that time, and caused uh, a dissension, a rebellion to take place. And that uh, put a stop to the whole this whole move of the Lord here, and uh, many I would say many of the saints uh, who moved here they were scattered, you know, throughout the whole Greater Boston area as far as Amherst, uh, as far as Amherst, I mean Amherst, Framingham, Worcester, Waltham, and all these places. There were these saints all uh, distributed in all these area, but uh, it was just a big, great devastation. <clears throat> And I would say from uh, 1978 all the way to 2008, 30 years, a 30-year period of winter. And in this 30-year is, uh, is a period of nearly, I would say, devastation. I won't say everything is, there's nothing left here. Uh, you know, there are still churches uh, primarily Newton, which was all at the beginning how it, how it started, and then there was a uh, um, uh, uh, small church there in, Bo- in, in Boston. Uh, you know, some brother, brother Dave uh, took the lead to get the migration moved, moved to Boston, and then uh, uh, also there was Cambridge also started. And uh, but the situation was uh, was just hanging on the balance. Was hanging on the balance. And, um, uh, of course, you know, this is the Lord's recovery. This is the Lord's church. And, uh, you know, even though Brother Lee, uh, since 77, uh, although the enemy came in frustrated, uh, this burden, he continued, he had, he continued to uh, even endeavor and try whether can he return back to this area again. But for 30 years, um, I would say it is just a, a period of dormancy, a period of winter. Uh, because these brothers were here, Brother Paul and Brother Bob, uh, for those 30 years. Do you agree? Uh, it's, um, you know, I moved out, I left this area in uh, 87. So I was here from uh, 77 to 87 for 10 years. And, uh, well... The Lord, I didn't. I didn't choose to leave. The Lord took me away, uh, brought me out to the east, to the west coast, and uh, so I got in. You know, and then led me to serve full time. That's when I began to serve uh, full time in the, uh, going to the west coast. <coughs> but uh, 
And I never really came back in those 30 years uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a substantial way. And um, 30 years, that's a, it's a long time, you know, 30 years. And then in 2008, there is uh, uh, suddenly the Lord began to do something that uh, to open up the door for fellowship uh, among the churches with the co-workers in the recovery. And uh, through that door, the Lord began to move in a fresh way. And uh, co-workers uh, felt the leading to come. Uh, the doors were open. And we began with a, uh, I think, coming to with a series of uh, perfecting training uh, at the beginning of the 2008. Was it once a month? Or once a, once, yeah, once a week for eight weeks, I think. Yeah. So the different co-workers came during that eight-week period. That was really like a, uh, just an a, 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 a entry you know, to this fresh move of the Lord. And then uh, uh, the next big thing was uh, the uh, Thanksgiving conference. Was it 2009? Or 2007. 2007. Okay, that was in Boston, the Thanksgiving conference held in Boston. So that was the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. That was a turning point uh, to this area. And uh, <clears throat> so during that period, the 30 years, I said was a dormancy, was a winter. Uh, the churches, though existing, were very much isolated uh, and uh, separated from one another, not much fellowship, not much blending. Uh, so it was just hard for the Lord to do anything. But then since the uh, end of 2007 and then 2008, the Lord opened the door for the fellowship and uh, uh, things began to happen. Uh, and uh, so I began also... also um, participated in the visitation, and I started coming, and then fellowshipping with the brothers, you know, with the, the three churches here, and I would say it was nothing less than a miracle, nothing less than a miracle. <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, a lot of prayers took place in that room just next door, right? We were just in that room. I still remember a lot of the prayers with the brothers in that room, and uh, uh uh, I think there were tears. They were they were just just brought in uh, the reconciliation, the oneness among with one another, and then before we know it, all, all the churches are brought into a uh, a fellowship, a oneness uh, that was just never 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 seen before. And then uh, there were fellowship among the churches. Now they were fe- just uh, um, and anyway, I don't I don't want to take too much time on this. Uh, but then the Lord began to, to uh, you know, I, I, anyway, I, I, I came and visited. There was a, a Chinese-speaking meeting here in this hall right here. They had a, uh, uh, it, it, was a um, it was a lot of new ones, but it was uh, very much uh, like a Christianity style. And then, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, just every time I came, something, something different, something, the Lord is just taking this going on. And just in, Three or four years, less than four years' time, the things just uh, uh, the condition of the churches is such that uh, we actually could fellowship. How about having the full-time training come here to Boston? I mean, anyone who knew the condition of churches in this area for all these years could never believe anything like that could ever happen in this place. But anyway, it did. So 
you know, we came in 2011, uh, even without a physical building ready, we felt the need to come now. This is the time to come without waiting any longer. And, uh, uh, and now finally, last year, uh, the building is finished, and now there is a, you know, a, 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 a full-fledged, uh, bona fide, full-time training center here in Boston. It's, uh, you know, it, it is just about six short years. It's not a long time, only six years, uh, what the Lord did, right? In spite of that 30 years of uh, dormancy, 30 years of, uh, uh, of winter, and now you see the, the sprouting again. And I'm, I'm burdened, brothers, uh, for the next 30 years. Actually, <clears throat> recently, I think Brother Andrew Yu uh, in Korea, while he is recovering, I think he had a little fellowship with uh, some of the trainees there. Uh, uh, he used 30, 30 years, 30 years. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, you know, I, and I think I would also like to use a 30 year as a reference point. We have this 30 years of uh, dormancy. And this 30 year, I'm starting the 30 year from 2008. Um, I believe these next 30 years, from now it's already probably another 25 years or so, is a crucial period, brothers and sisters. I don't know how much longer uh, the Lord will tarry uh, before he returns. Um, I'm no prophet to tell you what year, what date. but I, I just have, a, have a, uh, uh, this uh, feeling it won't be that long. Uh, if you have asked me for a number, 30 years, 30 years would be, I would, I, you know, in the probably around that time. Within that period, this 30 years, very much uh, things would be wrapped up in, in this world, and the Lord is preparing for his return. And uh, so how we conduct ourselves in these next uh, quarter century um, is very important because we are uh, at the um, uh, consummating stage, you know, of this whole period. Uh, it's serious. And, uh, and on the other hand, it's glorious that uh, you all, you know, 90% of you, uh, the Lord brought you here. You know, uh, the Lord has blown you here. Whether you actually you made the decision to come, you chose to come, whatever, you are here now. Okay, the Lord brought you here. Uh, you know, you are now, you know, involved in what the Lord is doing, you know, in this area. And the Lord kind of um, reminded me of the return of the children of Israel, uh, especially from the book of Nehemiah, which I was in recently. And I was quite touched that, uh, you, know, the, you know, the Spirit of God stirred up Cyrus, and then uh, after 70 years of captivity, it's time to return to rebuild the temple, rebuild the city, rebuild the wall. I would say in a very, in a very good sense, brothers and sisters who are here in Boston, we have returned. We have returned to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple. That has been devastated, that has been uh, desolated by the enemy. And now the Spirit of God has stirred us up from wherever, wherever we were and has brought us back to this land. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it, is, it is different than 
just move to New York or move to Seattle. If you move to Boston, you know, with 30 years of desolation and 30 years of winter and uh, of uh, uh, the enemy's damage and destruction, and now the Lord has brought us here. Uh, and uh, so I'm burdened just to, uh, for you all that you would know why you are here. You're not here because, wow, so many young people are here. You're not here because, oh, Boston is great. This is a, a young, you know, young people town, great colleges, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, as a yuppie place, you know, this is a... No. Maybe other, to other people, that may be so, but not to you. You are here with a very, very definite commission. You are here because God brought you here to be involved in the recovery work, in the Lord's work to recover the testimony of the temple and the testimony of the wall, which is the city. Right? The temple signifies the church and as the house of God, and the city signifies the church as the kingdom of God. Amen. Um, <clears throat> So thank the Lord. I, I hope, you know, uh, maybe Gideon or some brothers can help to really make a list of all the ones who have who are here, who have come. The Lord has, you know, just like Nehemiah did. You know, they made a count. They made a they made a register. He registered everyone who returned to to Israel. Uh, and. You know, with, with Nehemiah, they, they came. Of course, you know, you, you read Nehemiah. It's a, it's a very, I, I was very inspired by that, by that book. You know, he was just an ordinary man. He was not a spiritual person like Ezra. Uh, he was just uh, an ordinary, not even a high-ranked person. He was a cupbearer before the king. But he had certain conduct uh, before the king that caused the king to respect him highly. And when he suddenly one day, uh, you know, in his countenance was, uh, was uh, shown uh, sadness, and the king asked him, why are you sad today? You're not sick. What, you know, what, what's, on your, what's on your mind? That's when he expressed to the king, how can I not be sad? Because I heard my people, uh, you know, in, in Jerusalem, uh, they are in devastation. The city wall is are torn down. And how can I not be sad? So... You know, the king asked him, you have any request? And he made a request for a leave to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. Um, <clears throat> I encourage you to, uh, uh, you know, reread and study uh, those few messages, the life study uh, of Nehemiah. It's very uh, inspiring to see here is a, uh, a somewhat an ordinary man. But this man that he knew God's purpose and he gave himself to cooperate with God and to uh, volunteer himself for God's service. <clears throat> I mean, at that, at that time, to go to Jerusalem uh, was uh, treacherous, was uh, it's a dangerous, it was a dangerous place. It was uh, with wild animals and then with enemies, adversaries there. So it was risky for anyone to go to Jerusalem. But he was so burdened when he heard about the condition of the temple, of the wall, was still being in uh, desolation, 
So he just volunteered himself to go, to go to visit, to go to be there. And, uh, uh, you know, Brother Lee used the word of his aggressiveness. Uh, Nehemiah was an aggressive person. He took that opportunity. He, was, he had a nice job. He had a, you know, he, he's all set. You know, he was a cupbearer. He was well respected by the king. But he was uh, burdened, so burdened, that he volunteered himself to take a leave, long leave, to go to this risky place. To, uh, uh, to do this, uh, to restore the Lord's testimony. To be con- he was fully concerned for the God's testimony on the earth through the temple and through the city. And uh, <clears throat> so he, would, he returned. And then, of course, uh, there were already uh, the uh, children of Israel returned with the first group with the, uh, under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Joshua and then later on also with Ezra, and then so Nehemiah went. And uh, still the situation, although the, the children of Israel returned, uh, but the condition was still not good. Some are discouraged, they are, they are there, uh, back on the land, but the condition was still uh, scattered, right? The wall is still in devastation. So he was, the, uh, he, he, he picked up the burden, Lord, I'm, the wall has to be built, right? In order to, for there to be the proper protection, the wall has to be built up. And uh, so he also, um, uh, you know, uh, con- uh, brought uh, Ezra into the picture, who is a, who is a, uh, a, a priestly scribe who knew the scriptures well. So he worked together with uh, Ezra to educate uh, God's people. So the three things <coughs> that... Uh, uh, what Nehemiah was burned to do is uh, in rec- uh, reconstituting this nation of Israel. Although the people returned, but everything was still pretty much scattered. Right? People are still scattered, and uh, even some, you know, got into some uh, improper situation. They some got some married with the uh, uh, the heathen wives, and uh, got into some improper relationship. And then also there was some. Uh, misdealing with uh, money and some uh, high uh, 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 lonely money with uh, exacting interest from the from the relatives from the uh, among his own God's own people, and then uh, the the week the monthly uh, support uh, of the serving ones the the the, the Levite priests were ignored. So everything was just a mess. Although the people had returned to Jerusalem. But everything was still, nothing was built up. Nothing was, there's not really the, the proper testimony there. So he was burdened. So <clears throat> if you read the life study, uh, you know, uh, there, where he says, this work uh, of re, uh, carry, to, carry the, the, to carry out the recovery work of God's testimony involves three things. Number one, it involves the... Uh, um, Laying a foundation for the formation of a nation. Uh, that means is to have a strong government, a strong administration. So <clears throat> everything, although people were there, they were back to the land. But everything, there was no proper headship. Everything was just kind of hanging loose. Every still, you know, people were still, you know, uh, 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 they, they are not uh, conducting themselves properly. So there needs to be a proper 
government and proper administration. That's number one. And number two, the need of teaching and education to bring God's people into God's culture, a culture of God. Because most of the people who return, they were not, they were not from the first group. They were born mostly in Babylon. Most of these ones were born in Babylon. They were never in, in, in Jerusalem before. That whole first generation, after 70 years, many of them died already. So these ones were born and raised in Babylon. Now they had a, uh, the Spirit of God touched them to return, to go back to Jerusalem. Most of them had no idea about the, the whole custom, the whole tradition, the language even. So they lost the whole, whole uh, uh, the idea, what, how should God's people behave as a God's testimony in the land of Israel. So there is the need to rebuild God's government, administration. And secondly, there needs a lot of education, a spiritual education to educate them what, uh, what God's people should, how they should behave, right, according to the law. And number three is constituting the nation organically, not organizationally just to, you know, set up the different ranks of people to do things, but that is the need of reconstitution of God's people organically <clears throat> to become a nation. You need these three things, administration or government and education, and number three, constitution, to result in a proper testimony of God in the land of Israel on the earth. So, as I was just before the Lord considering our situation, um, I, I don't think our situation is, pray, outwardly is as bad as then, you know, uh, in Israel. But in some way, I feel that uh, um, in terms of the government, the headship, and uh, secondly, the education, the spiritual education, and also, thirdly, about the constitution, the spiritual constitution that, um, you know, the, 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 the children of Israel then, although they physically came back, their persons are there in the land, but really they are still constituted Babylonian, you know, in their language, in their taste. They may still long to like to eat Babylonian fi- uh, 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 food. And so there needs to be a total reconstitution in and out in education, and also in their tastes, in their habit. So I feel, brothers and sisters, that um, you are here. I believe, I really feel that you are the ones that the Lord brought here, uh, brought back to, not just to, uh, to further your education here, to have a good, uh, to build your career here, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, get a family here, um, you have to know why you are here. Right? You're here to rebuild God's temple, to rebuild God's city. And for this, we need the Lord to help us in these three areas, how to raise up a proper administration, proper administration that expresses him, that have everything to be in order. And then secondly, there needs to be the proper education, the teaching to re-educate God's people according to God's law, to God's word, and thirdly, to constitute people, which is, I would say, the hardest, is to reconstitute people 
uh, organically, right, in a living way. Um, <clears throat> so, I, so, um, so I like to, at least up to now, to um, like to put into perspective uh, of your being here. Um, this is it, 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 just Boston is not the same as any other place in the U.S. I'm not trying to make this, uh, you know, it's a, it's a elite place, a special place, but it's just in the course of God's move, there is this significance, significance of this place, and uh, uh, there has been this 30 years of uh, desolation uh, that needs a lot of rebuilding, another rebuilding. And <clears throat> so, um, you know, on the one hand, I'm very encouraged to see the Lord brought so many of you uh, from all over U.S., especially from California, you know, to come here. Um, and, but uh, I hope that this afternoon's fellowship will help you to understand, uh, to see why you are here and what you should be doing. We are here. We are. We should be a commissioned people. Uh, we are commissioned with a cause. Uh, we are not here just as uh, every other uh, young persons here, just to seek after a uh, uh, education, a degree, uh, you know, to establish their career. We are here for a cause. The cause to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city, and this we need. Uh, we need to, uh, if you don't see this, then you will not be able to exercise accordingly, right, to meet this need. Um, <clears throat> so there are another, a few points, uh, three points I would like to uh, also share with you that with this uh, understanding uh, of this background and uh, this commission upon us, we need, number one, brothers and sisters, just like Nehemiah, we need a proper aggressiveness. Um, don't wait to be invited. Don't wait to be asked, oh, please serve here, please do this, please function. Saints, we need to ask the Lord to have mercy on me, on us, that to grant me to the, the kind of aggressiveness that Nehemiah had. No one, you may say... <clears throat> Nehemiah, he picked up the burden. Nearly, he was, it was not, he was not asking God for the burden. He just picked up the burden. He saw, when he, as soon as he heard the condition of God's people, he just said, how can that be? I had to go. You know, I feel this is one thing I'd like to open my heart to you, brothers and sisters. For us, for those who come here, whom the Lord brought here, we need to have a proper aggressiveness. Uh, there are a lot of uh, opportunities everywhere uh, in terms of uh, uh, our function, in terms of uh, uh, carrying out our, our living and our services. Uh, don't wait to be assigned. Don't wait to be uh, asked. You have, to, you have to be before the Lord. Lord, you send me here. Lord, you burden me. And even I would say, I want, I, I want to pick up the burden because there is a cause here. 
to build up your testimony. A 30-year of desolation, and these next 30 years are crucial. Six years have gone by. Lord, this next quarter century will mean everything. Will mean everything. Because you're coming soon. And, and how the testimony here will, has a lot to do determine how fast, how quickly the Lord will come back. I don't know, 30 years I will still be here or not. I can, I'm 60 years old this year. I hope the Lord will, will keep me. I mean, Brother Lee left, left 92, right? So, uh, but a number of co-workers, you know, they are old, they're older, older than me. They, they may, they, we are all kind of, you know, iffy, <laughs> iffy. Anyway, uh, we want to live a life of worth. Whether we can live to meet the Lord alive, that would be wonderful. But if we have to pass through the grave, praise the Lord. The Lord knows, you know, what each one is measured with. But I believe most of you will be able to meet the Lord alive. I really believe so. These next 25 or 30 years is a very critical time. And you are so blessed among so many younger ones. You are being set, put by the Lord, sent by the Lord here. And I just wish, you know, all those 100, 200 who sent here, they would be able to hear this fellowship. They would be able to see why they are here. Um, we are not here just to ask for a crowd to come. Oh, Boston is great. You know, our training center is here. Just come. There is a work for us. There's a there is a commission here. And uh, and if you see this, you need to ask the Lord for grant me an aggressiveness. I, I I'm not an aggressive person by nature. I'm a, I'm a passive person. Whatever you are, you know you. But but Nehemiah. Uh, you know, he is aggressive. You know, he, he was not waiting to, to somebody to tell him what to do. Uh, and throughout the church history, everyone got used. They were aggressive. Martin Luther was aggressive. Huh? Paul was aggressive. They will not just let the environment to direct them. They saw the vision, they were controlled by the vision, they lived for a cause. You know, I know with young, young adults, there are especially three areas in your life that you are facing that are, these are all practical, uh, and I know they mean a lot to you. One is marriage or family. And second is your career or profession. Number three is money. These three things, all the young adults you are facing, you're faced with this. What about my marriage? If you're not yet married, single ones, you know, you're, you're concerned for that. Surely, you, you, you should be concerned for that. And also those who are married, now having children. Oh, having children is not easy, right? After you're married... Yeah, you're a little bit restricted, but not that much. But once you have your first child, as I, I told Andrew Lamuda, life will not be as it has hitherto been. Right? <laughs> After you have your child, life will not be the same anymore. Right, right Gideon? You have three. You have, uh, you know, life is not the same anymore, right? It's, uh, that's just the way. What can you do? It's just the, that's human life. It's a very practical, it's a very real thing. I admit that. 
And then you have uh, the matter of career, the matter of uh, uh, your profession. You know, and uh, most of you, you know, you 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 know, you 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 come here to Boston, you study here. You know, you you must have something, you know, to be to be able to stay here. You know, you, not anybody can just stay here, and then you you have to have some capacity to to uh, face all the challenges. You know, both. Uh, intellectually and, and all the things. Well, so you want to develop your career. You want to be, you know, there are many uh, um, great uh, uh, entrepreneurs, there's a great uh, uh, businessman and a great scientists produced out of uh, the institutions here. Uh, you may be, you know, have, have capacity to be one of them. Um, but is it what you are here for? Yes, you should have a proper education. You should also have a good career. But <clears throat> what is your cause? What is the cause of your having a family, pursuing a career, and also making money? Money is real thing. We need to. We need money to live. We need money to to do things, right? But we know also money has corrupted so many people. Many have uh, have been uh, damaged, spoiled um, because of money. And young adults, I would say, especially facing the temptation in these three areas. How do you handle these three things? I know some of you asked some asked questions before uh, another occasion. How do I balance the church life and my business life, and how do I balance the uh, you know, uh, I'm already, I work about 12 hours a day, you know, and, uh, you know, 50-hour week, 60-hour week, and then you know, here I, I need to uh, uh, bear responsibility in the church life, and then I have the 10 meetings. And, you know, how do I balance? And my wife, and we have two kids, and then they are crying. Every night I get home, they are crying, and they were, Daddy, <laughs> Mommy. And then so, you know, you're, you're just, how, how do I balance this? What's, this? what's the trick? You know, what's the trick? Everybody looking for that balance then, well, the first thing I said is that uh, you need to be properly aggressive with the Lord. Don't wait to be asked. And second, second thing is that you must take God as your center. Take God as your center and let him regulate your life. I cannot tell you how do you balance um, between work life, family life, church life, um, but from my experience, I can testify to you that uh, when you would take God as your center, God will be your balance. God will give you the proper regulation. How much time you should go off to go to the meeting, you know, uh, 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 you have to take God as, your, as the center of your life. No one can tell you, okay, you, uh, uh, okay, you have to, Assign, must assign how many hours a, a night you stay at home. And, well, if the key thing is not just some kind of formula, some kind of uh, um, uh, arrangement. You have to learn to take God as your life, right? The center of your life. This matter of marriage, you have to take God as your life, right? Who to, who, you know, what kind of spouse should I, should I, uh, 
uh, be uh, seeking and, uh, you know, uh, also written in these uh, recent years, I've heard some because they have difficulty finding a spouse within the church life, in the churches, you know, they all go on to the internet and they go on to the, uh, you know. Well, I, I don't dare to say uh, good or no good. Because in Australia, we have a bro- we had a sister on the internet, you know, got a wonderful brother who is an elder now. Because elder, he got, she got him saved and then he is now an elder, elder in the church in Sydney. He is a wonderful Australian brother, uh, you know. But don't take that as a, as a pattern. <laughs> Don't think that is a pattern. That is probably one of the, you know, millions of, uh, one out of how many millions chances that uh, happen, you know. But I don't just tell you, you know, yes, good or no good. You have to take God as your center. You know, consider, especially in light of what I have been telling you about the commission, the charge that uh, the Lord has, you know, to us, to those who have returned here, who have been brought here, uh, we are commissioned people. We, we live our life, not uh, just as everybody else. That's why I, I love the hymn 456 very much. I know it's somewhat as a religious hymn. It's not, not so much like a, as up-to-date as uh, our teaching in the recovery. But in terms of the spirit, it's very good. It's very living for Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, the Lord is true. We... we we may, in terms of the expression, it may not be, uh, it may be more advanced, you know, than the chism, you know, oh, I'm living to Jesus, I don't live for Jesus. Uh, well, don't say that. You have to first live for Jesus before you can live unto Jesus. <laughs> even, you know, don't, don't use your, your, you know, even the, the your so-called uh, up-to-date vocabulary, and then you miss some of the crucial experiences. Don't let your apparent knowledge of some of the so-called high-peak truths or up-to-date vocabulary to rob you from the proper experience you should have. I think, yes, in terms of expression, I I admit, you know, Brother Chisholm is not as up-to-date as, uh, uh, you know, hitting the, the, the center as much as we do, but I appreciate the spirit of that hymn, right? Living for Jesus, a life that is true. He's a person, he genuinely, he was touched by the Lord, and he, is, he wants to live a life not for himself, but for the Lord, and he desired to please the Lord, not to, not to please himself. That was his highest price. So, <clears throat> take God as your center. Right. How much time to stay home? How much time to go to the meeting? How much time? You, you know, no one can really tell you that. You have to take God as the center. Who to marry? How to raise up children? How to handle all these, all these affairs? How to balance my life? Not only that God will balance you, He will regulate. He will regulate you. In your conduct, right? Um, if you take God as, your, as the center of your life, he will become the regulation, right? Um, I know when I was going to graduate school. I mean, I was uh, when I was an undergraduate. I, I, I mean, I had it easy. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, 
went to a meeting and enjoyed the Lord and did such things, and I, 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 the school was easy to me. But when I went to graduate school, then I suddenly I hit what the, this is not no fun anymore. This is not a joke. This is, this is serious stuff now, you know. But I realized I, I had to go to the meeting. I, I cannot just. So I told the Lord, I'm, you know, I'm willing to be trained. At that time, there was no training. But I told the Lord, I, I'm willing to be trained, even in, you know, the challenge of school, that uh, um, I still, I will go to the prayer meeting, I will go to the, 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 all the meetings of the church, and, uh, but I will have to be very exercised. I, after the meeting is over, I go home to study. I, I cannot hang around like everybody else does, you know, just they, they talk, chit-chat, and so on, but I just realized I, all I can give is what I, this, this amount of time, and uh, I know I have to be in the meetings, I have to be in the church life, but I have to restrict myself. This is all I can do. So <coughs> um, I would say that was a little training for me, uh, even though there was not the formal, uh, you know, full-time training at that time, but there was just a little training. The Lord used the schooling, uh, you know, to restrict me, limit me. Uh, and, and, and brothers and sisters, that <clears throat> the, if you take God as the center of your life, he will begin, he will regulate you uh, in all, even our relationship with one another. Uh, in how we do things, in what we buy, in what we say, uh, there are certain things you don't need to buy. There are certain things you need, don't need to have. Certain things you don't need to say. There are certain places you don't need to go. Uh, this regulation does not come from the law, from the local church, no ordinance, no. The, the, this regulation come from God being your center. God being your center. So, <clears throat> when you take God as your center, you will live a very balanced life. Right? Uh, uh, sometimes when we look back, you know, how did I come through, you know, we... We had children too. We had we had difficult. We had challenges too, but somehow the Lord brought us through, you know. Uh, and as I see some of the young families, you know, uh, uh, you're juggling so many balls, and you know, uh, you have three children here. You have, uh, you know, home meeting there. You have, uh, you know, this. How do you juggle all these balls, you know? And I don't know. There's no secret. <laughs> The only thing I can tell you is take God as the center of your life. He will balance you. He will regulate you. There's certain, certain, certain things, you just don't, certain places, you just don't have to go, don't have to waste time in. You, know, you just save that time. You know, and, uh, um, so that's the second thing. I better move a little faster. And um, A third thing is um, build up an intimate uh, and deep relationship with the Lord. I really mean, brothers and sisters, this is very, very much needed. Um, don't be offended by me. I would say, from my observation, a lot of the young people these days, their relationship with the Lord is quite superficial, very superficial. And even you know, being one who served in the training, even our trainees, uh, just two years in the training, still have not built up a... Uh, uh, a deep-rooted relationship with the Lord. Some, some did, but many don't, had not. 
That's why I, many times in my fellowship with trainees, I, I urge them, just one thing, if there's, you know, you forget all the lessons and classes and whatever, if you can build up in every morning a solid time with the Lord, learn how to send your root deep into the Lord, that even those two years you spend like this, just to learn this one thing, it will mean everything for the rest of your life. You may not remember all the lessons, all the, all the outlines, and, but in these two years, you learn how to root yourself in the Lord every morning, how to transact with the Lord, uh, how to have this uh, uh, intimate, deep relationship with the Lord. This is, this is uh, very, very critical. Um, the Lord has brought us here, come back to this commission, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we must be a people who know the Lord in a personal, subjective, in a deep way. Right? We should not be so superficial, just uh, following. Uh, we're not here just because the crowd is here, uh, you know, rah, 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 and this and that. We know the Lord. We know what he wants. We know what he uh, wants to gain in me, right? And you, every morning, by spending time with him under his light, under his shining, you begin to yield to him. You begin to submit to him. Saints, I mean, there is such a thing called submission. You need to submit to the Lord, yield to the Lord. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we can hear all the high peak truth. We can hear all the high words. But it comes down we never yielded to the Lord. We never allowed the Lord to pass through all our decisions, all the aspects of our life. Somewhere along your Christian life, sooner or later, you have to pass through a stage that you allow the Lord to touch you. Right? To pass through you. Just like what God did with Jacob right, in wrestling with him. If we, never been, if we have never been touched by the Lord, we have never known what is to yield to the Lord, what is to say, Lord, I surrender. Then your Christian life, I would say, is forever just floating, just, just floating in the air, just skating on the ice. You, you are just living a very superficial life. You can come to all the meetings, go to all the conferences, but you will not be of much use in building up this testimony. Only those who really truly know the Lord, having this deep and intimate relationship with the Lord. We know what the Lord wants. We know what pleases Him. And we want to yield to Him. Right? And we're willing to give up. Give up my future. Give up my pleasure. Give up my opportunities. This is not a call to sacrifice this. No. When you meet the Lord, when you have this intimate relationship with the Lord, when he demands of you, then you surrender. And when you surrender, I tell you, you sense the deepest joy. And that no one can take away from you. You have entered into an experience of the Lord that you know, many may not know, but a joy only you and the Lord knows. So here... You know, we exercise a proper aggressiveness and we take God as our center. 
to let him regulate our life. Right? You know, in 1 Timothy 2, talks about, you know, let no one despise your youth. You know, that's a pause word to Timothy. He was still, I don't know, probably still in his 20s. Timothy was still a very young person. Paul charged him as a young co-worker. Don't let anyone despise your youth. But be a pattern to the believers in five things, right? Number one, in word. And number two, in conduct. Number three, in faith. Number four, in love. And number five, in purity. You may be a young person. Actually, I think most of you are more than 20. Many of you are in the late 20s or in the 30s. Um, Don't let anyone despise your youth. You may be young, age-wise, but don't let others despise your youngness as a young person. But in carrying out yourself, in conducting yourself, be a pattern to believers in these five things, in words. Hear the word is utterance, how you say things. When you talk to people, you convey to people, you are a childish man, childish person, or you are a weighty person. You don't speak things lightly. One time, Brother Lee used this example. He was, they were, another leading ones were fellowshipping in the meeting, and then uh, there was a sister rushed into the room and said, oh, this is, uh, you know, oh, this is uh, uh, serious. Uh, you know, the, 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 the roof is coming, off, coming down. There's a big hole in the lobby. You know, water is coming in. And the, 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 the brothers asked her, how big is the hole? Yeah, I said, that big. How big is the hole? That big. How big is the hole? Uh, that big. How big is really the hole? He says, that big. Eventually, she was just... Uh, you know, out of her excitement, she was just, oh, she just get, uh, you know, uh, her words, just exaggerated. So even in her words ex- exposed, she was just childish. You know, you have to speak things accurately, right? So even in how we deliver our words in our utterance, we should not let others despise our youth. And also in our conduct, right? We may be young, but we should not conduct in a way that is uh, for people to look down at us, right? Um, how we greet people, how we uh, uh, contact person. We have to, there has to be a, uh, uh, a weightiness. Uh, it doesn't mean that you act like an old man, you know. You know, you're a young person. But your conduct calls for people's respect. Here's a young person, but he knows how to greet a person, how to convey, uh, you know, his, uh, 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 you know, himself. And also, right in the matter of faith, right. Um, this is, you know, I believe in the Lord. Right. We are, we may be young in our person, but our faith is strong. Our faith is not weak, right? We trust in the Lord. I was, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say too much actually about myself, but just as just, a, I would say just a, uh, maybe maybe a, a testimony to to encourage you. Maybe don't think that, you know, you, 
you have to be uh, 50, 60, 70 years, you know, you know, to have great faith, to, to be, uh, you know, to be strong in faith. You know, even just, you know, young, you may be a young person. You can, by your enjoying the Lord, by your being in the Lord's presence, letting him infuse you, he begins your faith. When I came to this country, that was in 1971, and, uh, um, you know, anyway, the, the, I, I really felt of the Lord, and uh, uh, and also through the Brothers Fellowship, I needed to be in Los Angeles. And uh, initially, my family was going to settle there in Los Angeles. I was, oh, that's wonderful. It, it just matches perfectly, you know, so I, it's just for me to stay there. But then, you know, my parents came here first, four, four months before me, but after when I arrived, they made the decision because of the job situation, they moved to New York. And so I was supposed to go to New York with them. And uh, so I was in trouble. How can this be? I thought I was clear. I was in, to be in Los Angeles. I thought it was, it was, everything was just perfect, worked out. And now the situation changed. Now they moved to New York. I supposed to go to New York. How can this be? There was no, at that time the church life was not proper in New York. But I prayed. Lord, Lord, I, then as I contact the Lord, in those days I would say, the Lord was particularly sweet to me. Every morning I spent time, I, I just felt like I was right before the Lord. I was right in the Lord's presence. The Lord assured me, I will bring you to Los Angeles. And that was, that was enough. I was so assured. Then I went to New York, and my parents, of course, I had to go to be there. And uh, they were asking me to go to, you know, for schools and this and that. And I, I didn't argue. I, I, I did what they instructed me, but within me, I know the Lord wanted me to back, go back to Los Angeles. So there was, an, in those days, there was just a, uh, um, I, I first time I learned what faith is. Faith is not an empty hoping. Faith is God's word being infused into you. When you have been spoken by the Lord, that spoken word of God becomes your faith. That you cannot help. You cannot disbelieve. So I was, you know, my mother came and, and you know, even cried before me with me. Don't forget about going to Los Angeles, this and that. You know, don't, he, she know that was, uh, my heart was, I, I didn't argue. I just listened. I just uh, listened, listened. I just inwardly, I just know I had the peace from the Lord. The Lord will bring me there. Anyway, make the long story short. After a month in New York, you know, something happened. You know, it was a school that I, when I stopped by Los Angeles for a few days, uh, you know, on the way to New York, I, I just stopped by, dropped by a school. And then out of all the schools applied, nobody, no schools, uh, uh, you know, uh, grant me acceptance. And, uh, you know, that school sent a letter and said, we have accepted you for the fall. It was in, in, in uh, a junior college in Los Angeles. So I said, what should I do with this? And uh, they well, forget about it. You know, they, they said, well, I just ignore it. You know. Okay, well, but somehow a few days later, my parents came and, well, we felt to send you to Los Angeles. So, you know, within me, I, I, I know that uh, the Lord will work this out. You know, he will, it was just, uh, there was, um, I was not trying to struggle, trying to fight with them or try to convince them, but there was just an inner peace. It was so prevailing, so strong, that I was just, you know, I know the Lord will do this, will bring me back. So even as uh, I was 16 at that time, 
you know, I was just learning. It was into my 70s. I just, but there was a, a young person. Yet, when God speaks to you, you have faith. You know, you don't have to be a uh, spiritual giant. You don't have to be a you know a super brother. You young person, you can have faith, right? And then also your love. This is not just a love for the Lord, even just a love for people. Don't let people despise you in the way you love people. Some, when you love people, you love, oh, I love him so much. I love her so much. Oh, he's my lifetime friend, you know, friend forever, you know. And uh, uh, oh, when and suddenly you, the, your best friend forever turns out to be the best best enemy forever. You know, I mean it. You know, you, sometimes that your enemy was once your friend. It's true. Even our love, how we love people, how we, we need to be measured. We need to be regulated. Right? Uh, we love, even in, by taking God as our center, how we, uh, uh, not excessively, not out of control, right? even in our love and also in purity. Whatever we do without any kind of motive, but just in purity. Anyway, this is, this, I, I like this, uh, this verse very much. You know, it, this, uh, uh, don't let your being young as an uh, excuse to say, I can just, this is what I am. This is, no. You know, you may be young uh, age-wise, but the God whom you serve, who is your center, makes you a weighty person right? in all these matters. Let me just conclude. <coughs> uh, with uh, some practical points. Um, uh, I have eight points here uh, to encourage for your practice as ones who have returned to, with this commission to build God's temple and the city. What should we do as such ones? Number one, we have to take God as the center of our life. And then number two, consecrate ourselves to the Lord as a living sacrifice every day. Every day, you have to offer your burnt offering to the Lord. Every day. I mean every day. Every morning, upon rising, offer your burnt offering to tell the Lord, Lord, I am not my own. I belong to you. I don't want to ever let the fire of the altar go out. I want this fire to be always burning. Saints, it means a lot. You may say, well, I don't, I don't, this is just routine. No, every morning, do this. Consecrate, reconsecrate, renew your consecration to the Lord. And then number three, enjoy the Lord. Uh, after you consecrate yourself, you enjoy the Lord in prayer to Him. Right uh, throughout the day, you know, by short prayers, and also even in definite times. I hope that uh, as a younger generation, um, even though. That this may not be the a uh, strong um, strong point about you with you, you know. We also always charge the older saints, the middle-aged saints, to pray. But I would say even younger ones learn to pray, right? Learn to enjoy the Lord in prayer. You know, these days I'm very cognizant of this fact that uh, you know many older saints are going have gone to be with the Lord. That the prayer for the recovery, for the co-workers, for the churches, only God knows, but I feel is diminishing. 
Ones like Sister Lee, you know, ones like uh, many senior, senior sisters, old sisters, illiterate sisters, but I tell you, they may not know words as, as well as you do. They're not know, as eloquent as you do. But their prayer means so much before the Lord for the going on of the recovery. And I don't know before the Lord comes back if that hole, this hole can be filled up. Uh, you know, as the older ones, one by one, you know, we are, they're also passing on. The younger ones, even though that may, this, this may not be so-called your main function, but you have to learn to pray. Learn to pray. Pray for the Lord's move. Pray for the churches. Pray for the co-workers. Enjoy the Lord as you pray. As you, and just participate um, in this heavenly intercessory ministry. And then, number four, you have to read and study the word every day. Now, I cannot tell you how long. I would say hopefully at least half an hour, if you can, uh, a lot more time. Um, you have to be in the word every day. Um, it's just like, it, you know, as a part of the reconstitution process, you know, you are here. That's fine. Great. You are part of Boston. You know, but you know, what, if, you are, if you're illiterate in terms of God's truth, what does that to do with God's testimony? We must be the people who knows God's word, right? You have to read the word. You have to study the word um, every day. And then, number five, exercise to live Christ, right? Exercise to live Christ in all our relationship. Not only you have, not only you have revival with the Lord, but you have to exercise to live Christ, right? In your, about, in your decision, in your uh, uh, making plans, you have to, in your relationship with one another, don't just explode, you know, on one another. Don't just uh, say whatever you blast up, whatever you are saying. Just, just speak forth. Learn to live Christ. Before you say that word, oh, Lord Jesus, is it me or you? Lord, I, you know, I want to say this, but Lord, how about you? Well, you live Christ, right? Don't let, let Christ, you know, be lived out through us, not just do what you like to do. And number... Uh, Six, right? Serving the Lord. Every one of you, you must be one serving the Lord. I mean, not just not, not necessarily full-time, but everyone must be engaged in serving the Lord in three areas, right? You serve the Lord in the meetings. That means you function, you pray, you praise, you, you, you prophesy. You know, all our meetings, I'm concerned, I'm still, you know, it's still, uh, our meetings should be, that, we should be fighting with each other in terms of functioning. There should not be room. I've been, you know, talking with leading brothers. You know, really, of course, uh, you know, we need to seek the Lord more about how to how the Lord may lead us. I, I just feel that you know we need to 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 reach a point that the the saints want to function so much. There's no opportunity causing brothers. We have to we have to have many groups. Because we're hiding, you know, we, there's no chance for me to speak. I have not been able to speak. I've been, you know, for three weeks now. I, I can't, I can't hold back anymore. Right? I mean, how, how wonderful it is coming to the Lord's Day meeting, you know, prophesying, you know, ten standing up together. You know, that's the normal. Saints, we're here to, we have come back to rebuild the temple. I mean, it, we come back to sit back and slow down and wait for the, you know, then what is this, right? You can you can you can you can sit back in, uh, in in Charlotte, you know, in Carolina. You can sit back in many places, but you cannot sit here in Boston. This is 
Amen? Amen. Serve in the meeting. You have also served in the church life. You know, there are many services. Uh, you know, those who are in Boston, you're involved in many practical services in the church. You know, serve the children, serve the young people, you know, serve in the uh, ushering, whatever. You, know, just, you have to offer yourself. And also, third area we all have to serve is in shepherding people, shepherding young, and, young ones and new ones. Everyone who return, who are here, we need to do this. Must be one, serve the Lord. Don't, I'm a little concerned also because now we have full-time team in place doing, they're doing very well, very exercised. And also we have trainees, and this term we have 36 trainees, the highest number. Um, and I hope, you know, of you, those who are working don't have the thought that, wow, great, the professionals are here, though. Let them, you know, that's all said. And, I, you know, I can have more time for my baby, for my, uh, for my job. Well, no. You know, every one of us, we have to exercise, to serve, to uh, function, to shepherd some young ones and new ones. Maybe one, you know, one new one on one hand and one weak one, backslidden one on the other hand. Always engage. Don't. Don't rely on the so-called full-timers or the trainees. You have your job to do, right? As a student, as a worker, you have, a working one, you have a job to do. And then number seven, be willing to be joined and knit with others, right? Don't do things independently by yourself that we need to be willing to be joined with others, to be knit with others, right? This is the building. This is a building work, um, that we are engaging in, so we don't serve independently, individualistically. And then finally, open your homes uh, to shepherd uh, some young ones and new ones. Some of you, I know even some single ones have a home, uh, you know, and, and you don't have to necessarily be restricted by, oh, I'm already in, in my group meeting, I'm in, we're rotating how many homes, you know. I, was, I like to see every home, every... Every week you have one or two you know, new ones, young ones, to your place. Every one of you, uh, working one, you should have, your home is the biggest asset. To open your home to shepherd a couple of uh, uh, students, high schoolers. I think we should not be limited by just so-called bona fide small groups in the church. There may be only, I don't know, five, six, seven, or eight small groups, but there should be Maybe 50, 20 homes. And maybe if you say too much for your, by your own home, maybe you and another home just work together to care for some uh, uh, backslidden ones, young ones, every week. Don't wait for the elders to arrange you or group you with another three or four homes. Every home can do something. You know. Open your home. I, I, I told the brothers in Cambridge the other day, I'm still concerned for the increase in this area. Although everything seems so positive right now, everything, all the, uh, you know, no trace of negative element, everything is so wonderful, training is here, you know, everything. But somehow, somehow, we are still short of the proper increase. And I believe one of the reasons is that we are not able to fully enter into the practice of vital groups. In just in the saints, in the homes, vitally uh, functioning, right, to... Uh, every home, if every home is open, 
to care for some young ones and weaker ones, backslidden ones. I believe the Lord will bless. There will be much increase. There will be much increase when every home is being mobilized. Right? Don't wait for the Lord's Day. Don't wait for some kind of big gathering. Every home, that is the unit. That is the, uh, uh, the basic unit. Right? Then we, are gonna, we need to build up this testimony right, to be reconstituted as God's people. Here uh, is good. We are here. We are brought here. But how about the testimony? That needs to be raised up, right, little by little. Well, may the Lord uh, bless you and strengthen you. Uh, it is a blessing to be here. Uh, but, you know, also there is much responsibility, uh, much commission upon us, right, for the Lord's testimony. I know we only have maybe less than 15 minutes uh, before the break. Uh, I don't know if there are some pressing questions uh, if not, maybe there's some, some you want to respond to, to share something. If you have some questions, it's also open. I'm, I'm open.